So it's the second day of Shadowy Christmas 2021-2022, and this time it's a short cellcast, a short podcast that will be going straight to patrons as part of their bonus, and then a month later going out to general circulation. And what I want to talk about is a person whom you may well not have heard about much, Dmitry Yurievich Mironov. So, who is Mironov? Well, for me, he's a reminder of the particularly interesting intersection of institutional and personal politics that really is at the heart of the modern Russian system. Back in October, the former governor of Yaroslavl region, Dmitry Mironov, was made a pomochnik, an aide to the president. Now, an aide, I mean, that does, does sound something like a demotion, doesn't it? Well, trust me, it isn't, even though the notion of what quite an, an aid to the president, what their powers are and so forth, is exceedingly elastic. Because we have to remember that in the Russian system, an elastic job description plus access to the president equals something really quite significant indeed. Now, Mironov left the governorship of Yaroslavl region ahead of time, actually, and because he was replacing Anatoly Serishev, who was in turn becoming the presidential plenipotentiary for the Siberian Federal District, which is worth noting is the job that every now and then it's, it's suggested that Defence Minister Shoigu may in due course take up. And his role, just like Serishev's before him, is to be the president's really eyes and ears on the personnel of the security agencies, not the Ministry of Defence, but the police, the prosecutors, the spooks, and so forth. And as such, he can be expected to play a pivotal role, not just in who's up, who's out, who's down, and who's in, but also in terms of, again, shaping the president's perspective on what's going on within the world of the Siloviki, the, the men of force. Now, his formal rank is Lieutenant General of Police, but that's not really where the, the centre of gravity, shall we say, of his career has been. He was born in Khabarovsk in 1968. He very soon joined the KGB and he served with them through to 1991 and then in the Russian security apparatus after that. And specifically, he went into the Federal Protection Service, the FSO. And guess what? He's another one of these security officers whose careers seem to have benefited dramatically by being a PPO, a personal protection officer for Putin. Um, in, in 2010, for example, he headed the team that was guarding the body when Putin did a rather silly photo op uh, driving from Khabarovsk to Chita in a bright yellow larder. Not quite as, as macho as many of his photo ops. But also, as well as being one of Putin's bodyguards, he is, surprise, surprise, an ice hockey player. And he plays in Putin's night league from time to time. Though interestingly, he tends to be on the team opposing the president's team, and thus generally losing, rather than actually on the president's team. So this is an honour, but it's not the highest honour. And again, it says something about the fact that this is, shall we say, uh, a loyal courtier, rather than in any way a, a crony of the president. In 2013, he moved from the FSO to the 
Interior Ministry, where he became first assistant to the minister himself, Vladimir Kolokoltsev. Now, as I understand it, this was definitely not a Kolokoltsev's request. Rather that from Mironov's point of view, and presumably from the boss's point of view, you need to have some experience outside the FSO if you're going to rise further. And to be blunt, the interior ministry is sufficiently weak that it really can't say no to being used for this role. So he was parachuted into into that position. And then he became first deputy head of the main criminal investigation directorate. Now, again, I mean, this is based on on very, very partial sourcing, but it doesn't seem to be that uh, either he particularly impressed by his criminal investigations experience or that he even tried to. Again, this is a virtue of being a, a deputy head. You can, in some ways, add it to your CV without actually having to do very much except administration. But anyway, that's what he did. Much more significantly, though, is what happened in 2014, when he was appointed head of, and I always hate trying to work out how this is pronounced, Guebipeka. Whatever. Anyway, it's the main directorate of economic security and combating corruption. And look, this is an extremely important element within the interior ministry, and it came at a particularly important time. It was right after the notorious case when the former head of the directorate, Lieutenant General Denis Sugrobov, had been arrested and charged with a whole variety of offences, from extortion to corruption, and his deputy, Major General Boris Kalyesnikov, apparently managed to push past two guards and leap from a sixth-floor window to his death. There is too much made of the sort of allegations of defenestration in Russia, and sometimes it actually requires very poor taste, but in this case, definitely, it looked like a very dubious case. Anyway, the thing was that this particular department is both, first of all, potentially inordinately lucrative. Remember, it's the, the anti-corruption and the economic crime type directorates which give you the, really the chance to, to make your money. But also exceedingly politically significant, politically profitable, one could even put, because corruption charges became, and still are, one of the main instruments of choice for pressurising both opposition figures, just ask the Navalny family, or indeed a way of putting, you know, bringing leverage to bear on people you're trying to extort from and the like. So this directorate really matters. And what was interesting is that both Sliedcom, the investigatory committee, and also the FSB, the Federal Security Service, were angling to pretty much take it over. This is one of the problems with the MVD, the Interior Ministry. It is sufficiently politically weak that departments that other more powerful agencies really want to take over, they often can. I mean, we've seen this, for example, with the E-sections, which are the counter-extremism elements of the police, which have really just become the kind of heavy squad of, of the FSB. Anyway, so both of them wanted it, and it would have made them particularly powerful. And so it's interesting that by appointing Mironov, it was both a definite perk for him, but also actually quite an interesting way of keeping the directorate out of the hands of either of those two rather more overweening and, and powerful agencies, at least for a while. So, I mean, this is clearly a, a particularly significant point. And again, it says something about the trust that the boss reposed in Mironov 
that he used them for this particular role at what was, as I say, a particularly uh, politically significant moment. Still, this wasn't meant to be the the end point of Mironov's career, and very shortly thereafter, in December 2015, he was made a Lieutenant General and a Deputy Minister of Internal Affairs. Interestingly enough, I mean, what did Kolokoltsev put him in charge of, though? He put him in charge of traffic, which is not necessarily the highest profile or the most politically prestigious of positions. But meanwhile, Putin put him effectively in charge. I mean, he was he was secretary, but really he ran a, a group, an interagency group, which is responsible for monitoring how the police and the other law enforcement agencies interact with business. Now, ostensibly, this was about resolving the very, very serious concerns that entrepreneurs and even big, big businesses have about exactly being squeezed, being um, extorted by elements within the, the police apparatus or the law enforcement apparatus as a whole or those who can basically bribe or, or suborn them to their use. It's worth noting, though, that, you know, as a cynic would, nothing much seems to have improved since. If anything, the situation might even be worse. Again, that same cynic, whoever he or she may be, might even think that in some ways this particular organisation was more about ensuring that the state got to be in charge, or at least gets to have a veto, over the use of law enforcement assets for business uh, disputes, rather than actually just simply stopping the practice. Who can tell? Now, Putin may well have um, sort of basically placed Mironov within the Interior Ministry, that was not actually a plum job. And although there was talk that actually Mironov may be being groomed to become minister, um, Paul Kolokoltsev is constantly surrounded by a, a cloud of talk about his imminent resignation, and indeed has for years. The point is that interior minister is not a plum job in this system. So instead, what he did was he got his governorship in 2016, which is a very necessary part of the cursus honorem of any sort of rising young Russian apparatchik. And now he is back in Moscow with his birth in the presidential administration. The interesting thing is that uh, the Russian criminal system, the underworld, has an, a word, a term, smatriashi, which is for someone who is in some ways um, a watcher, is what it formally means, uh, a curator, a representative. For example, um, Certain Moscow organised crime groups have their own smatriasha in St. Petersburg. Almost one could think of as their ambassadors as well as their local men of business. Likewise, certain groups may well have their smatriasha within the prison system. Well, people such as Mironov, and he's by no means the only one, in many ways act as Putin's smatriasha. They are there to trade on and use their relationship to the boss in ways that are often informal rather than formal to be to actually ensure control, to get round, shall we say, the institutional structures, which, which you know, are, are, are still significant, and ensure that the boss's personal control is unchallenged. And so now he will likely have a very significant role, not just shaping the future of, of Russia's Siloviki and the careers of individuals, which is obviously a very powerful um, instrument of control. But the question becomes whether or not he remains in the relative shadows 
as just simply an aide. I mean, if you look at his formal roster of, of duties and uh, activities, it's things like talking to the Cossack Council and such like. None of this is particularly high profile. Or whether this is simply going to be one more springboard. I mean, after all, it's worth noting that his, his predecessor has indeed gone to become you know, presidential proconsul to a very large and quite significant economically as well as politically powerful uh, federal district, Siberian. So it may well not be the last we hear of Mironov. But even so, while he's there, he represents not so much the sort of national security advisor, that's essentially uh, Nikolai Platonovich Patrushev's role, but the national security enforcer. So that's why someone like him is still worth knowing about. Не скоро я к нему вернусь обратно. Ты только будь, пожалуйста, со мною, товарищ правда, товарищ правда.